Courtney, are you ready for this amazing story today? Um, no. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, folks. <laughs> yes, I am ready. Cool. But first, do I have a joke for you. Build this? No, oh, not going that direction. No. Okay, got it. <laughs> what do you get when you drop a piano into a mine shaft? What? A flat minor. <laughs> get it? Yeah, it took me a second, <laughs> but I get it. Good. <laughs> so how are you? A flat minor. <laughs> flat minor oh that's funny i'm that's good good um i am really really over the snow oh yeah because we finally got like 70 degree weather and it was so nice and it felt like spring was actually here mm-hmm. and then the next day it was 40 degrees <laughs> and snowed for like eight hours yep mm. and now it's all melted again love it love it no i'm super sick of it but other than that i'm good good yeah just you know staying busy trying to keep my marriage together and yeah it's pretty like that it's pretty hard right <laughs> how are you doing my love? well now that i know that my marriage isn't fine <laughs> just kidding no i'm doing all right cool are you are you good yeah no but i'm i'm pretty pretty right yeah yeah Anything new happened in your life that I don't already know about, considering I know everything there is to know about you? Um, I took up smoking. No, you didn't. Yeah, you're right. I would never do that. That's disgusting. <clears throat> uh, no, not really. Well, cool. Um, hmm. Do we have that any, like, announcements? Not really. Nothing new to report on? Our first live show. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um. Nope. Okay, cool. No, I don't think so. So you have a story for me. I have a story for you. I'm excited. Let me scroll all the way up to the... It's kind of long. I don't know how long it's going to take me, but we'll we'll see. I have made Miles postpone telling me this story for three days now. Yes. He was ready to record Thursday night. I said, absolutely not, (laughs) because I was so tired. Friday night, we had my brother and sister-in-law over. And then after they left, he was like, hey, you want to record? And I was like, no. No, because I'm tired. (laughs) And so now it is Saturday, the day that this episode is supposed to come out, and Harper just went out for a nap. So it is time, and yeah. I am ready. So, like, yeah, we should probably get through this quickly before she wakes up again. Oh, no, no. We can take our time. Yeah, okay. We want to let everybody else enjoy it, too. That's true. Uh, but, yeah, um, it's it, it's kind of good that we waited, because I, I was able to finish up some add-ons to my notes and everything. I'm so, so excited for you to tell me all about Harry Potter today. I told you it's about Adolf Hitler. Oh, sorry. Adolf. <laughs> That's so bad. Uh, all right, let's I go. I mean, yeah, anyway. Yeah, <laughs> he was a bad guy. I'm not going to do a story on him. Anyways, that's all, folks. We'll see you next Kay. week. So, World War One and Two. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> We're both devastating times in world history. I feel like the world wars come up a lot in our topics. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of incredible, incredible people that are worth talking about. Yeah, that's so, war. War. War births me. Um, huh? <laughs> war births more <laughs> means for violence. 
People, countries are constantly looking for new ways to gain the upper hand, which leads to the engineering and manufacturing of more and more weapons. Yeah. One such weapon is a favorite amongst the Navy in particular. Torpedo. It's the torpedo. <laughs> Woohoo. This is about William G. Torpedo. I'm Wait, just that- no, I don't know if that's a real guy. I just made that up. <laughs> wow. That was really convincing, actually. I was like, no way it was named after a real person. So torpedoes date back to early 17th century and the idea of torpedoes even further to the 13th century. Wow. It was revolutionized in 1866 by two men, Giovanni Lupus and Robert Whitehead. Okay. And uh, the reason it was revolutionized is the two of them together, they designed the first ever self-propelled torpedo. Wow. I'm not going to go into how it works because it's irrelevant, but anyway. The company he worked for soon, so this guy, um, Robert Whitehead, the company that he was working for soon went bankrupt, and then Robert reorganized it, and after that, it was pretty successful. Okay. He married Frances Maria Johnson, and together they had five children. Robert sold his company to two large British armament companies, and then he retired and then died in 1905. So one of his children, a son to be precise, was named John. Now, John, he was actually, when he was 12 years old, he actually helped with experiments on this torpedo Ooh, and everything. That's kind of cool. Yep. And then he married a countess. So oh, wow. he, he definitely, you know, married up. <laughs> For sure. Same. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Um, this count, this, the countess, her name was Agatha Gobertina von Bruno Enkelworth. I'm sorry, one more time? <laughs> no. <laughs> she was an amateur architect and pianist. And as her title suggests, she was a member of the Austrian and Hungarian nobility. Wow. And little side note as well, John, he was also made a knight later on. So, like, he made up for the difference between the two of them. I mean, to be fair, though, anyone can be knighted. True. I want to be knighted one day. Like, you literally could. Yeah. Like, uh, (laughs) Scott Disick was knighted in England. Just for oh, fun. from the um, Kardashians. Kardashians. Yeah, okay. He's the baby daddy of Kourtney Kardashian's kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they went on a trip to England, and he, like, walked into this shop and was like, I want to be a knight. And they were like, okay. And they, like, knighted him. I want to be a knight. So he is Sir Knight. I don't know. So he has, like, a, an official title with, like, a certificate. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I want to be knighted. <laughs> Can we go to England and get knighted? Yeah. Anyway. So the two of them, John and <clears throat> Agatha... They had six children together. Okay. And the most notable of them was named after her mother, Agatha Gobertina von Whitehead. So they had a favorite child. Yeah, basically. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. So notably, this family was pretty well connected. They, you know, being related to royalty and such Mm -hmm. and British politicians. Um, So being in that kind of high standing, uh, she, this the daughter agatha she was homeschooled okay and she was pretty well educated since they could afford good tutors she was fluent in english german and italian and also took piano violin and voice lessons her father died in 1902 from stomach cancer and the family torpedo factory was handed off to one of his relatives one of John's okay. relatives. So they're still heavily involved in torpedoes? Yes. Yeah, they still did like a bunch of manufacturing for torpedoes and submarines, which we'll get to here in a second. That's so cool. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. The family also built submarines. That's the next Dude, submarines sentence. are both parts terrifying and also really intriguing to they, me. They are. Oh, I agree. 
I, have you ever toured a submarine? No. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, a few of them, actually. Oh. Um, there's Look actually one in, oh, I want to say Wauwatosa, Wisconsin, but I don't think, I think it's Manitowoc. I think it's, yeah, Manitowoc, Wisconsin, there's a submarine that's docked and like you can go in. That's cool. And tour it. And we did that. But it's not the only one. I've done a couple of them. But you do like neat. a submarine hotel. They probably have some. Yeah, probably. I know they made the, what is it? The, um, that ship in California into a hotel. Popular cool. with like ghost tours and everything. Oh yeah, yeah, like the the Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, that one. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I couldn't remember that name. <laughs> That's because that one's haunted. That's why it's attracts so many people. Yeah, we should go. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> Anyways, um, submarines yep. and what you're saying. So in 1909, little Agatha, she would have been almost about 18 at this point, and with her high standing with the Navy, she christened christened an Austrian submarine, the SMU-15. And in celebration of the christening, they threw a bowl. I'm not sure what kind of bowl. Probably rugby. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Are you sure it wasn't like a kidding. football? Because that's more relevant. Yeah, but it kidding. wasn't America. I was. It was a joke. Yeah. Mine <clears> was too. I, I was just kidding. <laughs> a rugby. <laughs> You're funny. So at this ball, she met a, na- uh, she met a man named <gasps> George Ritter von Trapp. Does that ring any bells? Yes. But I don't know why. Okay, we'll get to it. You'll, you'll, you'll... On trap. Yep. Continue. I'll give you a hint. This story has been recommended and I've been wanting to cover it for a while. But Von Trap. Yeah. That's like the sound of music, right? Yeah. Oh, there we go. Good job. <laughs> I was trying to throw you off a little bit with the torpedo stuff. Yeah, it worked. But... <laughs> All right. So a little, about, little bit about George. George. His father, his name was August Johann Trapp. Okay. He was a naval officer. His title was... Sorry, my German's a little rusty. <laughs> what? Frigaten Kapitan, or Frigate Captain, which Frig- is... Fr- <laughs> frigate. 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 Frigate Captain. Frigate. Sure. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> um, which is comparable to Commander. Okay. He was awarded the Order of the Iron Crown, which then gave him the title of Ritter. Which means Ritter? knight. Oh, yeah, okay. Ritter means knight. Which was passed on to his two sons, you know, George being one of them. George went on to f- went on to follow in his dad's footsteps and join the Navy. Okay. All cadets in the Naval Academy were required to learn how to play a musical instrument, so George chose the violin. Good, Very good nice. choice. Very mm-hmm. nice. In his early naval career, he was pretty successful, and in 1902, he passed the final officer's exam and was commissioned the title of Fragaten Lieutenant. Sorry, my what? German's <laughs> my German's rusty. Fragaten Lieutenant, which is like a uh, lieutenant. Cool. Yeah, Frigate I was going to say that sounds like you're trying to say lieutenant. But yeah. Okay, cool. Lieutenant. That's pretty um, like high up there in ranks. Yeah. So he discovered, well, he was in his Navy career, he discovered a fascination for submarines. And he seized an opportunity to join the newly established submarine arm in the Austro-Hungarian Navy and was given command of the SMU-6, which he commanded for three to four years um, between 1910 and 1913. Okay. And the submarine was assembled, the submarine, it was assembled by the Whitehead Company. So another little fun fact there. So George and Agatha, they got married in 1911 and they had seven children. First was their son Rupert, who is wait. Agatha is the daughter of Agatha. Yes. 
And so George is like the one that's coming into the family. Yes. And so now they have together, they have seven children. They have seven children. Okay. So the first son was Rupert. He was born pretty soon after they were married on the 1st of November. So like honeymoon baby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Their next kid was Agatha, <laughs> born 12th of March, 1913. Then Maria Franziska, born 28th of September, 1914. Their son, Werner, or Werner, since it's German, I don't know. Uh, he was born on the 21st of, of December, 1915. They had a daughter named Hedwig. Nuh-uh. Like the owl. Oh, that's From cool. Harry Potter. So yeah, I guess it is about Harry Potter. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, the daughter Hedwig was born on 28th of July, 1917. Okay. And on the 7th of September, 1919, they had a daughter, Johanna, and another daughter, Ma- daughter Martina, born Twins? 17, no, uh, born 17 February, 1921. Okay. And then, you know, World War One started 20th of July, 1914. And on the 17th of April in 1915, George took command of the SMU-5, which was that same submarine that was christened where Agatha and George met. Oh. Yeah. He became, like, in charge of yep, it. Yep. He That's became the cool. commander of it. Full circle. Yeah. He was the most successful World War I Austro-Hungarian com- uh, submarine commander while commanding the while commanding the submarine or just guess in general in the navy he sunk a total of 11 allied merchant ships and two allied warships oh wow his successes led to his promotion to corvetten capitan or lieutenant commander is the equivalent for that cool and was given command over a whole submarine base wow but we know the outcome of the war the central powers which you know austria hungary they lost go the allies I guess. And because of this, because of them losing, it meant the Republic of Germany, Austria was landlocked and the Navy became obsolete. Mm. So his naval career ended. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And sadly, the mother, Agatha, of the seven children, she contracted scarlet fever from her daughter, Agatha, and she died on the 3rd of September, 1922. And shortly after his wife's death, George acquired... um, Villa Trap. It was called Villa Trap in Eigen. What is that? I, I don't know. Villa what that Trap. Is. Yeah, I don't know just, what that is. Just the name of the villa. They had like a, like a mansion kind of thing. Oh, a okay. villa. Okay. Uh, villa Trap. That's what it's called. Um, in a town called Eigen. And he moved his family out there in 1924. You following okay. so far? Yes. Okay. Who died? You're using a lot of really big words that I don't know, though. Like what? So I might need you to like dumb it down. <laughs> Like what words? Just like just you're just using a lot of like, like old English slash German phrases. So Sorry. like no, it's okay. Like I'm falling. It's just it's taking me a second. Okay, are you good? So you <laughs> yeah. So the sec. mom died in in 22. Yep. And now they live in a big old mansion villa thingy majigger. Yeah, yep. In Eichen. In and they moved there in 1924. Yep. Perfect. And because of the war, they don't have access to. Their navy base anymore so the navy is obsolete yes see okay i'm, I'm following yeah, yeah so you got it i'm here i'm good <laughs> then in 1926 his daughter mm-hmm. maria franziska she got sick and was unable to go to school so he sought a tutor from nonberg abbey and hired maria augusta kutschera 
I thought her name was Julie Andrews. It is. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, a little bit about Maria. Okay. Maria was born January 26th, Australia Day, 1905. <laughs> um, she was actually born on a train on the way to a hospital in Vienna from wow. their family's village. Um, and I I looked up the the distance. I'm pretty sure it was the right area. I looked up the distance. In a car, it would have taken about five, a little over five hours to get from their family's village to a hospital to vienna oh my word yeah so when maria was two her mother died from pneumonia okay and this made her dad sad (laughs) what (laughs) so he dropped maria off at his cousin's house while he traveled around the world wow and yeah on occasion he would return to vienna and maria would you know stay with him while he was in town but when she was nine, her father died. Okay. Her foster mother's son-in-law then became her guardian. And he was kind of a jerk. Oh. Maria. He didn't treat her very well. Okay. Um, it was later discovered that he suffered from like a mental illness. So like, that's part of the reason why he was so... He kind of seemed like a random person to take custody of her, but... Yeah, no, I agree. I just didn't know how much... I, I didn't look into this. I don't know how yeah. much kin she had in the area, but Makes that's sense. what happened. But amongst all this, Maria found out that no matter what she did, she would get in trouble. Aww. So she decided to have fun in the process. Ah, she, there you go. She was still good in school, but she was also a little bit of a kind of like a rebel. Free, yeah, yeah, <laughs> kind of just like a free spirit, kind of did whatever she wanted and sure. didn't really care about the repercussions because no matter, like I said, yeah. no matter what she did. She's going to get in trouble. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, she was still she still did great in school. She graduated high school at age 15. Wow. And ran away to live with a friend of hers. And As Maria, so Maria's goal, she she wanted to, even at the young age of 15, she wanted to become a tutor for kids. Okay. But since she was so young, no one really took her seriously. Mm-hmm. So she didn't really get many jobs. But she was staying in a hotel and a hotel manager approached her and asked her to be an umpire for a tennis tournament. Oh. And Maria said, sure, why not? Um, I'll tell you why not. Maria didn't know what an umpire was. <laughs> and she had never picked up a tennis racket in her life. That sounds like something I would do. I'd be like, oh, sure, I'll come officiate this game. And then I'm there and I'm like, whose team is doing what? Wait, yep. that person has something? What does that mean? <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of what she did. Um, but... Apparently, she did a good enough job to for them to keep her around, and she oh. was able to raise enough money to enter the State Teachers College for Progressive Education in Vienna. Good on um, Yeah, the school even gave her a scholarship, so that kind of like cut the cost for her a little bit. Sure. And she graduated from there when she was 18 in 1923. And then, you Which know... Which is a year after the mom died and a year before they moved to the villa. Yes. And then the following year, 1924, this is when she joined Nonberg Abbey as a postulant, working toward becoming a nun. Basically like a um, prospective mm. nun. Oh, okay. Yeah. And one of her roles at the Abbey was that of a school teacher. Hey! So she kind of got her dream a little bit there. Yeah. And then it was two years later that she was approached about being a tutor for little Maria Francisca. Fun trap, the one yeah. who was sick that couldn't go to school. Mm-hmm. So she accepted this job and she went mm-hmm. on to tutor Maria Franziska and ended up loving all the kids and caring for them. Oh. 
and <laughs> George liked what he saw. Oh no. <laughs> he saw how much she cared for his family, so he decided to ask her to marry him. Yuck. Despite the 25 year age difference. That just gives me the creeps. <laughs> but I mean, we think weird things were normal back then just yeah. like you know how normal well, I mean, things would have been weird back then today she like is an adult so it's not that weird but she's still young enough that in my mind i'm like Ugh. yeah <laughs> so maria was caught off guard by the proposal um he probably you know scared even about it um to the point where she ran back to the abbey to seek advice from the abbess okay the abbess told her that this was God's plan for her to marry George. Oh, wow. And she trusted the abbess, trusted God's plan, and so she did as the abbess advised and returned and accepted the proposal. They got married on the 26th of November, 1927. Together they had three children, Rosemary, born 8th of February, 1929. That's my dad's birthday. Same year too. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding, Dad. Um... Eleanor, born on the 14th of May, 1931, and Johannes, born on the 17th of January, 1939. Now, fun little tidbit about the marriage as well. Maria wrote in her autobiography the following quote about the alleged God-willed plan for Maria. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, let me find it real quick. I had it <laughs> up just a second ago. Here it is. All right, quote, I really and truly was not in love. I liked him, but didn't love him. However, I loved the children, so in a way, I really married the children. I learned to love him more than I ever, than I have ever loved before or after. So she learned to love him. She learned to love him. It took. It was like a gradual process for her. I've heard that before about like arranged marriages, mm-hmm. where like you get married because your family wants it. You know, like obviously arranged. And then, you know, 10 years down the road, they're madly in love. Yeah. And, like, so glad that this happened. But at first, like, it wasn't like that at first. But then, like, they learned to love each other. It's kind of the opposite for, um... <laughs> for what, <laughs> Miles? Finish that sentence. Uh, anyway. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just teasing. Oh, goodness. Anyway. The Von Trapp family loved the outdoors. They would often go hiking and camping. And on one outing, they spent the night at a farmer's house. The next morning, they discovered that Maria and two of the daughters, Johanna and Martina, had contracted scarlet fever. Oh, no. The two daughters were recovered fine, but Maria got kidney stones from dehydration. Ouch. Yes. So, yeah. Isn't one of the daughters is Maria? So there's Maria and Maria. Yeah, Maria, Francisca, and Maria. Maria, which one's which? Maria, Francisca is the daughter. Oh, okay. The one that was sick mm-hmm. and, and couldn't go back Maria to school. And then the just now. Maria. Yeah. Uh, just Maria. Yeah. But just a reminder, everyone, stay hydrated. Don't get kidney stones. Yeah. From what I've heard, those are nasty. Yes. So because of this, Maria had surgery to get the um, the stones removed. But mm-hmm. after that, had a lifelong, had lifelong kidney issues. Oh. So bad. pretty sad. Yeah. Which, I mean, she still lived a pretty long and happy life. It was just uncomfortable yeah okay in 1935 the family suffered through financial ruin austria was still suffering from the worldwide depression caused by the crash in 1929 and so what they did to make ends meet is they dismissed most of their servants and they Mm -hmm. moved to the top floor of their house and rented out the other rooms there you go (laughs) 
and we're back <laughs> with a toddler with a toddler <laughs> say hi harper say hello hello yep grab the microphone that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right okay for dada thank you all right in 1935 <laughs> the family suffered through financial ruin <laughs> Harper, do you see the kitties? Where are the kitties? <laughs> in 1935, the family suffered through financial ruin. Austria was still suffering from the worldwide depression caused by the crash of 1929. So to make ends meet, they dismissed most of their servants and moved to the top floor of the house, renting the other rooms out. Smart. Smart, And smart. at the time as well, they would often perform at their local church in Eigen. And this is where they caught the attention of the Archbishop bishop in salzburg which was this uh closest city to them okay cool the (laughs) (laughs) the archbishop sent father franz wasner wasner to be their chaplain and franz encouraged their musical progress and taught them sacred music to mix into their folk songs oh okay okay um yeah they had they sung folk songs magicals and ballads um so like they sung a bunch of that but then they added in sacred music and oh yeah. a deer a female naturally deer. <laughs> and so this guy father franz his presence then kicked off their singing career at one point operatic soprano lotta lemon layman <laughs> heard the family sign uh sing it says sign in here sing and told them they should perform concerts and participate in an upcoming song competition heck yeah and at, at this competition, so they did participate. They even won a prize. Wow. Wait, so this is like all 10 kids plus the two. Uh, seven kids. But didn't they have three more? Yes, but they were later on. Oh, I guess not. But they, they were still too young to. Like, okay, so the seven older ones. So it was seven older mm-hmm. ones, yeah. Okay, I see, I see. Um, so they also performed for the radio where the Austrian chancellor at the time heard them sing, and he was so impressed by them that he invited them to Vienna to perform. They performed at a festival in 1935 and soon after became a very popular touring act. Wow. And during this time, Adolf Hitler had already (laughs) gained his status as dictator, and in 1938, leading up to World War II, he annexed Austria. So the country was now under Nazi control. Okay. This, so them being annexed and everything, it made life difficult for the Von Trapp family as they saw their peers and, you know, one schoolmates show hostility towards Jewish people. Right. Yeah, um, that would be really like hard. It, yeah. And especially like in schools and stuff, they would ridicule or they just mock the Jewish children and everything. So it was super sad. Wait, were the like Von Trapp people Jewish or no? No. No, they're German. Not Jewish at all. But like, even so, they didn't like how they were treating that makes sense yeah yeah and you know of course the nazis did other things as well which they didn't agree with sure so the nazis they even inducted george into the german army and at one point this is another little side note at one point in the summer of 1938 they ran into hitler at a restaurant in munich Nuh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, in september of that same year 1938 they left austria for italy then to england and finally to the us and a U.S. and A. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice. <laughs> uh, this means that they left their home abandoned, and the Nazis made like 
they took advantage of the abandoned home. Okay. And they um, that was used as Heinrich Himmler's headquarters. Do you know who Heinrich Himmler is? No. He was like the the architect, the main architect behind the Holocaust. That. Yeah. Mm. So. Okay. Unfortunate, but I mean, it's not their fault. Right. So when they arrived in the states, they called the little group Trap Family Choir. And they performed in both the States and in Canada. Nice. And Charles Wagner, he was the first booking agent. And then after Charles Wagner, it was Frederick Christian Shung. And Shung... Shung... Shung. <laughs> that's a weird last name. Uh, I, I, I said it... I read it tons of times in my mind. I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you pronounce it. And now saying it out then loud. Then you say it out loud, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So Shung told them... That Trap Family Choir sounded a little too churchy. <laughs> and they changed their group name to Trap Family Singers. Now, if I were them, I would call the group It's a Trap. Like, you know, Star Wars. <laughs> but Star Wars wasn't out then, so, you know, can't really blame them for it. You're funny. Thanks. I love how, like, they were told, like, hey, you should incorporate Christian e music so that, you know, it's more like that mixed with the folk music and then they're like wait you guys sound a little too churchy yeah but i guess it's just like the title of their group but yeah and also it was you know this when they were taught sacred music it was from like you know a a reverend Uh uh-huh and then they're already in the states now so it's a little less christianity in the in the states at least at that time i don't think was as serious just as it was like entertainment at this point yeah is what they need yeah kind of yeah so according to maria mother maria uh-huh. their programs were mostly in latin and german but after coming under management of this guy shang they started singing songs in english as well okay. um so with adopting english into their program they were <laughs> excited with the songs <laughs> they found after like you know choosing which songs to sing in their little program and this is you know quote from them among the old american folks they found hidden treasures sorry Harper is chasing motley around with a little dinosaur <laughs> and she's going rah okay so uh sorry say that again hidden treasures yeah so when they were researching songs to sing and everything <laughs> when they were researching songs and everything to to sing for their program they they found hidden treasures. I don't know what that means exactly, okay. but they they were really excited about what they found. Nice. Okay. So in their programs, they had five different parts to it. The first part was dedicated to sacred music, um, which also included selections for music from the 16th and 17th century. Uh-huh. <laughs> the second part involved music played with ancient, ancient instruments, such as recorders, viola de gamba, and a spinet. I don't know what a spinet is. Sounds. Maybe someone does. Maybe I pronounced it wrong. It could be French. I don't know. Sounds interessante. Yeah. The third part was madrigals and ballads. The fourth part was Austrian folk and mountain calls, which I think is yodeling. That's what that sounds like, yeah. And fifth and final was English and American folk songs. Nice. Yeah. That, so that was their program. That Like the average program. So we That's go really to see a cool. Like that they showcase so many different talents mm-hmm. in one like oh, it was sure. a musical performance but it was like different types of music and yeah that's cool it is really cool so it did take long for the family of singers to become world renowned and start touring the globe wow 
Following the war, the family established the Trapp Family Austrian Relief Fund, which helped their struggling fellow Austrians by supplying food and clothes. So yeah, that was kind of cool. That is cool. In the 1940s, the family moved to Stovermont and ran a music camp there for times when they weren't touring. Okay. And so, uh, so a few of the, the kids, they applied for U.S. citizenship, including Maria. Um, their two sons, Werner and Rupert, they both got citizens, citizenship by serving in the war during World War Two. And George, he never did apply. Johannes was able to get it just by being born in the U.S. Um, that's when he was born. He was born in the U.S. when they moved over. Okay. So he got it just by being born. Um, and he was actually born while they were on tour. So That's cool. Do you yeah. know, like, where in the United States? No, I don't. Okay, just somewhere. Just somewhere. Just somewhere. In 1947, George died after suffering from lung cancer. Aww. So he shouldn't have been smoking. I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's the reason, but... Yeah, he died from lung cancer. And Martina, one of the kids, um, she died during childbirth in 1952 at age 30. And in 1949, Maria, so the mother again, she wrote the story of the Trapp family, in which she recounted the story starting from her childhood as an orphan. And after this, after, you know, both those deaths, the family continued their performances for a little while longer, and they did some recordings and such. And in 1956, a movie was released about the Von Trapp family called... The Sound of Music. No. What? <laughs> it was called The Trapp Family. Oh. And it had a sequel that came out two years later. And this um, this particular movie was adapted directly from Maria's memoir, which, um, which she wrote. Mm-hmm. You know, her autobiography that I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what they adapted it from. Cool. Um, but it was written as though the kids were a little more unruly than they were in real life. Like a little oh. bit more, uh, yeah, unruly. Yeah. And then, you know, a novice numb came to care for them, ended up falling in love with the Baron and they got married. Mm-hmm. The plot in this movie also includes the Baron's disciplinary disposition in his household. So, you know, the whole whistle. Um, yeah. So he run it like how he would a ship. He implemented his military knowledge into true? his no well I, I don't know actually i don't know if it's true or not um from the sounds of it not really but i mean yeah it could have been they did they did add a lot of you know romanticization and dramatic sure themes for it yeah so i'm not exactly sure it didn't really give me any information on whether or not that was true but anyway um so yeah, he ran it how he like a ship, how he would a ship. And when Maria the novice nun comes along, she teaches the kids all sorts of games and she teaches them about music, so they could be like other kids. But the Baron didn't like that um, she was doing this. The Baron didn't like it. So the Baron didn't like it, and he sends Maria back to the convent. Ha! Sucks. <laughs> so yeah, Maria goes back to the convent. Um, then he hears his children sing. And his attitude changes. <laughs> Whoa. And the rest of the plot more or less follows the events pretty accurately, um, including George being inducted into the uh, Nazi army. Mm-hmm. Uh, then I, I did mention that they had a sequel. That sequel is called The Trap Family in America. So you can guess what that's about. 
Like <laughs> is it Life about the trap family in America? No. Oh, okay. No, I'm just kidding. It is. <laughs> so again, that one follows from reading it, reading a brief synopsis of it, follows it pretty accurately. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Follows the real story. And of course, we cannot forget the most famous adaption of the story, the Broadway musical, The Sound of the Music. The Sound of Music. In the Andrews. Yeah. Well, that was the movie. The Broadway musical was. Yeah, the movie came out in 1965, but it was like the exact same thing. So in this musical, Maria Reina, or just Maria, <laughs> is a young nun who, according to her fellow nuns, was a quote-unquote free spirit. Okay. She would often show up late to the abbey, giving off the impression that she cares more about her free spirit life than following her life as a nun. Sure, sure. And due to Maria's behavior, the nuns start thinking, how do you solve a problem like Maria? And the mother abbess decides it would be best for her to have a little more exposure to outside life uh-huh. and then, um, d- you know, have her decide or determine, like, what life is going to be best suited for sure. her. Um, How Do You Solve a Problem Like Maria is one of the songs from the Santa Musical. Yeah. I was trying to be funny, but it's fine. <laughs> All right. So Maria is sent off to be a governess for the children of submarine captain George Von Trapp. Though the relationship starts off kind of rocky, Maria begins to win the hearts of the children by telling them a few of her favorite things and teaching them <laughs> to sing using do re mi. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and sorry to anyone who doesn't know the rest of The Sound of Music, you uncultured swine. I'm just kidding. <laughs> doesn't um, the, like, <clears throat> The Sound of Music, I've been waiting, like, the whole story for you to talk about the boyfriend, right? Yeah, Rolf. Yeah. And Liesel. Yeah. Yeah, that that's just a... Fabrication, mm-hmm. so it doesn't actually happen. Mm-mm, it doesn't that's happen. That's like a huge plot hole. Yeah. Well, not hole, like... It's to you add... You know what I mean? It's to <clears throat> add a little drama to it. Yeah. So. It's like the betrayal. Yeah, the betrayal. No, so Liesel, she actually... She was based off of Agatha. Oh, okay. And Agatha married... I actually don't know if she married. Did she marry? She was an old maid. No, she didn't marry because the love of her life betrayed them. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, let me let me look it up real quick because now I'm. So Agatha. Um. Yeah, I don't think she married. Interesting, but yeah, so that was a very like huge romanticization romanticization of the story. I remember that making me really upset. Yeah, it is really upset. You son of a gun. Yep. So don't become a Nazi or you'll lose the love of your life. Yeah. If that's the lesson we're taking away from today, then (laughs) all right. So after the two family deaths, Martina and George, um, the family continued to perform, but they kind of felt like it wasn't the same so the show must go on yes um but they ended up disbanding in 1957 and they all um each went off to do their own thing maria and three of her children rosemary johannes and maria franziska they moved to papua new guinea to oh. become missionaries wow rupert was a doctor during world war Two, and i guess he continued with that profession agatha became a kindergarten teacher in maryland Wow. And um, Maria Francisca, she spent an extra 30 years in in New Guinea as a missionary, 
Werner became a farmer, Hedwig became a music teacher, Johanna married and moved back to Austria, and then Rosemary and Eleanor settled in Vermont, and <laughs> there's a lot of kids, and Johannes and Maria moved back to Vermont to manage the lodge. There's a lot of, yeah, they're kind of all over the place, yeah. huh? Yeah, so Maria and her youngest, Johannes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> a knee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so Maria and her youngest are the ones that moved back to the lodge to manage it. And Maria stayed there until she died in 1987 and was buried with George and Martina in their family cemetery. Wow. I want to get a family cemetery. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. Good talk. <laughs> Today, the only one alive of the original Von Trapps is the youngest of the 10 kids, Johannes. Johannes. Okay. Aging today at 84 years old. Wow. And I think he's still managing their lodge, or it's one of his kids. I couldn't really find much else on that. But <laughs> but after Maria died, he's the one who took over it. Okay. Took it over. That's cool. And the one that was born in the States. Yes. And there are, of course, still descendants of the Von Trapps living today. Some even formed a singing group called the Von Trapps in 2001. Oh. They recorded five albums in a quote-unquote modern style. I looked up some of their music, and it's like, it sounds like classical music, just a little bit more modern. Okay. I, I think that's what they meant by that. Cool. And then they disbanded in 2016. Um, but yeah, that's the story of the Von Trapp family, a.k.a. Trapp Family Choir, a.k.a. Trapp Family Singers. That's awesome. Mm. There, a lot of that I did not know at all. Yeah. I think it's super cool, like, their ties to the military. Like, I obviously knew that they were a military family mm-hmm. uh, because of the sound of music. And I didn't know about, like, their history with uh, the family line helping with the invention of torpedoes. Yeah. Like, that's super cool. Yeah. And then I didn't realize their ties to America. I actually had no idea they ever came to America. Surprise. So. Yeah. That's awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Hopper, what do you think of the story? <laughs> I hated it. We You're you. adorable. Yeah. No, that's super cool. But yeah, that one has been recommended to us, and it's actually one that I've been wanting to cover as well. Uh-huh. But it was recommended to us yeah, a while my, back. Yeah, your aunt recommended it. Yeah, she recommended it. So I'm like, so you thanks, know what? It's, it's, it's time. finally time. Well, nice. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Makes me want to go watch The Sound of Music. Okay. Are you singing? Can you sing... A deer, a female deer, ray, a drop of golden sun. <laughs> I know you guys can't see her right now, but she's totally intrigued with Miles right now. She's dancing and looking out the window. That song, um, I learned that song before I learned Solfege. Uh huh. Um, and so then when I was, good job, baby. Yeah, singing. So then when I was in junior high learning Solfege, I was like, oh, that song makes so much more sense now. Yeah. But yeah, so like when I was learning Solfege in junior high, I was like, oh, that song makes sense. I usually think of the Simpsons episode where like they're in a cemetery or something and then Homer hits a statue of a deer and he's like, dope. And then Marge is like, a deer. And then Lisa's in the backseat, a female deer. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, my mom doesn't like the Simpsons, but... My mom doesn't either, and we would always watch it whenever my mom was, like, gone. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's like my mom would be, like, at school or out of town, and then we would just watch The Simpsons or uh, King of the Hill. 
Yep. So funny. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, good times. Indeed. Well, thank you for the story, Miles. That you was are a good one. So welcome. Yeah, there's a lot of note noteworthy people from World War One, World War Two. For sure. Um, I, there's a lot of noteworthy people today as well, but like those people, you've most likely already heard of. So it's just fun to go back in time because a lot of these stories, you know, you see through the media or you see like these portrayals of them in music and and plays and books and whatnot. But it's like their story is is worth talking about. So. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, that's why I love our podcasts because we get to discover like a little bit more about these people. Yeah. For sure, for sure, for sure. Anyways, um, we have a really <laughs> rambunctious toddler. That we need to go take care of. Who is jumping on a trampoline right now. <laughs> All right. Th- thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. and uh, For being patient with our toddler. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, if you have any other stories that you'd like us to cover, just go ahead and recommend them to us. Uh, send in emails to famdamilypodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. and likewise you know first of the month is always coming up the next month so <laughs> uh, send in some stories check out our content on tiktok Family podcast instagram family podcast facebook family podcast basically family podcast anywhere you look bada bing bada boom chicka chicka pow all right everyone and don't forget to never take down a fence until you find out the reason why it was put up in the first place (laughs) (laughs) nice one so long farewell avidas and goodbye i don't know if that's how you adieu adieu (laughs) can you say good night good night (laughs) (laughs) bye everyone